Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. This one hurt us. This one hurt us bad. <laughs> uh, I am joined by three friends today. Tobin Addington, hello. Hey, Nick. And Nicole Sweeney, hello. Hello. And Matthew Gatos, hello. Hi. Matt and I really want to talk about a different movie, but we can't. <laughs> We're the only two out of the four people in this room who have saw who saw Who's, Infinity War. Yeah. And so, and I literally just came from the theater. Yep. So I'm like, oh, wow. just shaking to oh, talk wow. about it. Okay. And we can't. So let's can't talk about it. a far worse movie. A far worse movie. <laughs> so real good, just an overall real good, go see Infinity War. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's terrific. Just don't listen to this podcast. Goodbye. Just turn it off. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. We're done. <laughs> but... Today we are talking about what I consider to be, and what many people consider to be, the worst sequel ever made. And yes, I am including Troll 2 in that. I am inc including a lot of things. I think Troll 2 is a better sequel to Troll 1 than Highlander 2 is to Highlander 1. I think Highlander 2 is a special kind of disaster. <laughs> that Troll 2 didn't even mean to be a sequel, really. No, and it's still a better sequel. Accidentally better. Yeah. <laughs> it's accidentally better. So Troll 2 would have been a better sequel to Highlander 1 than Highlander 2 was. Yes. <laughs> it would have been. Um, so the 1991 film Highlander 2, originally released as Highlander 2 The Quickening, uh, which the ver that version is only really available on VHS. So we watched the Renegade version, which had a lot of things added to it, and they made some cuts, which we'll talk about um later on uh unfortunately is a longer film uh now <sighs> and that was just cruel it was yeah. one of the just things cruel. That, that matt texted me was like nothing is happening in the, in the yeah. middle of this movie is nothing it's just nothing the whole movie is nothing whole, there's a lot of nothing there's a lot of nothing going on in here but before we go we get to ask somebody to give a plot synopsis of this incomprehensible piece of shit and it's got to be tobin oh man it's gotta yes. be i knew it i knew it too <laughs> I was I was prepared if Same. asked to no I was prepared if asked to say I had to do it last time I refuse. <laughs> I've been certain by because I think I've been overly prepared so uh -huh. many times now yeah. in a row that Nick's like oh I can't pick him he has a whole plot he has synopsis a whole typed thing. out oh. and other people keep making the like the mistake of saying I'm not ready yeah and so yeah. he picks them on purpose Correct. my targeting computer just goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he so, senses like, it he I'm gonna get comfortable it. and then one time I'm not gonna do <laughs> yeah, exactly. it he's gonna, gonna know he's gonna yeah. know I'll he's, know he's gonna, he's gonna sense glance it. over and just see a blank page yes. on my Google Docs and be like I got him yes <laughs> <laughs> I got him <laughs> okay plot synopsis for Highlander 2 mm -hmm. the renegade cut in 3 2 1 in the tradition of The Godfather Part 2, we have a movie, a sequel that is both a sequel and a prequel all in one. Uh, we end up meeting uh, uh, Connor McCloud again. This is now he's in the future. He, uh, ha After having been gifted mortality at the end of the first movie, he and a scientist friend um, ha have built a shield to protect the world from solar radiation uh, since the ozone layer is gone. And that has had a, the side effect of like everybody's, it's a terrible world now uh, or something. It, meantime, we also have learned that in the past, he and Sean Connery and all the other Highlanders were sent to Earth uh, from some past maybe planet, uh, and uh, as sort of an egg, to be in, in exile from some bad guy played by Michael Ironside. So the movie plays out in sort of two ways as he's trying to um, save Earth from the shield that he 
upkeep built and allow the sun to, to sh- shine again, and also <laughs> to defeat the bad guys who are coming back from the or from the past to try and kill him once again. Very good. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah, that's... Uh... Okay, stop, stop, wow. stop, stop. <laughs> That's what I said all through the movie. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Mine was more like, what, what, what? What? <laughs> I have yes. a lot, of, I wrote what a number of times. In yeah, my notes, yeah. Uh, there was a particular point in your plot summary where you were like, a planet? And literally in my notes, I put planet, question mark? <laughs> so I was like, I'm glad we had the same inflection in our watching of this movie. I think Nicole might have been the most determined, though, because you actually backed it up. I did. I, re- I, I tried, I was watching this movie. I was uh, Oh, as did I. I rewound el- memory Elsewhere, and I oh, okay. didn't, I forgot to bring my laptop charger with me, and I ended up having to, like, watch it in two stages because I was only able to get through, like, 40 minutes of movie before my, my it's a, I have a bad battery on my laptop, but before my laptop's bad battery died because I kept rewinding it, being like, did I miss something? Because I will acknowledge that I frequently, when watching movies for this podcast, I'm like, I don't know, I was playing some game on my phone for five minutes. And like, Look, we you, all fall into that I'm trap. prepared to let that go, but I came to this movie with so much animosity, like even going because I hated the first one so much, and I'm angry that four more got made. And like, I'm so bitter and resentful that I, when something was like deeply incomprehensible, I had this moment of like, is this on me? Like, am I projecting? <laughs> am I projecting something onto this? So I kept rewinding it, and no, it was actually incomprehensible. This movie is incomprehensible. Yes. Yeah, I did the <laughs> same thing. There is a few points throughout this movie that I'm sure we'll talk about where I rewound like a good ten minutes, even mm-hmm. like I didn't just yeah. like rewind to like rewatch a line. I realized I had been lost for the last ten minutes uh-huh. and needed to go uh-huh. back and be like, wait, I think this was set up by that. Uh-huh. But let me check. Let me confirm. Uh-huh. And I would this go is back. how I read books. Like, <laughs> I, no, seriously, I'll read yeah. books and I'll be like, oh crap, I haven't. I've, my eyes have been moving, right, but I haven't right. actually yeah. been. My brain is not. So there. I got to go back like three pages mm-hmm. to yeah. figure out. You know. That's how. The, yeah, that's how this. So this Ugh. longer version of this movie took even longer yes. to watch for both, at least me and Nicole, yes. because we had to rewatch parts of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you all a story real quick, and that's the story of Highlander Two. But not the one that Tobin just told us. No. This is the story of the making of Highlander 2. Mm-hmm. Because I think it is fascinating <laughs> and weird. So the first Highlander comes out. And it was distributed by 20th Century Fox. And Fox... Now they say that it's because they didn't think people would understand Highlander. <laughs> but they gave it a really quick release. And it, it really tanked here in the States. And so all the filmmakers were depressed. They were like, we put so much energy into this and we, you know, we were trying to do something new and different and blah, 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 blah. And then they went to Europe and this movie was huge hmm. in Europe. The, the, the sequel. No, no, no. You're we're talking about the first one. First one. We're talking okay. about Highlander Sorry. 1. Sorry, okay. They like and to show you the difference in how they were treated, I have printed out pictures mm-hmm. and and I'm going to put these These are uh, very useful for this. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put them up on the Twitter. We'll describe them thoroughly. <laughs> I'm going to put them up on the Twitters, but okay. I want you to the the, the American poster is the black and white poster I'm about to show you and the uh I think this is the French poster, but it could be just uh the German or whatever. Uh-huh. Um and just look at the difference. 
Oh, One oh, of yeah. these looks like a goddamn I, serial killer. So yeah. we we do we do like thumbnails for the for the website, and I also I was very confused when we did the Highlander uh, Snarkathon thing. So for for Snark Squad, our like cross crossover event or whatever, trying to pick a, a thumbnail for that was very confusing. Yeah, right. The, the first one is like a black and white noir looking movie of a man. It looks like a, a poster for the new Venom movie. Essentially, yeah. like yeah, yeah, it looks yeah, a little yeah. Tom Hardy-ish, just like staring dead, like nothing is. Like that man looks broken. <laughs> this it, look, it looks like a fan poster. Yeah, for the yeah. movie, mm-hmm. right? Like it's some thrown together here. This is not. This doesn't look like an official. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Whereas the second one is like. It's illustrated. Yeah, it it's is like, him holding a sword and looking super badass. And, and they got the Kurgan behind him, and yeah. like they're trying. Like, yes, it looks much right, more right. like the movie we want. Yes, yes. yes. Right. yes. Right. The first movie, that first picture, does not appear to have anything to do with the movie that we watch. <laughs> no. Yes. So your so your your marketing material is not telling the audience what they're about to yes. see, which yes. is the whole job. Of Which is also still a problem for almost every movie, I would argue. Well, that, yeah, like, a lot sure. of times that's yeah. true. But sure. so they go to Europe and it's a big thing and people start, so when are you going to do the sequel? Oh, and they were no. like, ha ha, sequel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see the movie? It doesn't really lend itself to being a sequel. And they're like, no, you have to do a sequel. So they got a lot of people pressuring no. them into do- <laughs> Europe. <laughs> Who are these people? Europeans. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> that was Nicole Sweeney. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The views of Nicole Sweeney yep. are not representative of the Real Bad Podcast. <laughs> Fuck the Europeans. Nicole Sweeney 2018. <laughs> All based on a movie that came out in 1986 that you're still That's holding correct. a grudge about. Well, they I didn't it. know about it until now. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so this, this falls into what I like to call mistake number one. Let's make a sequel. Uh, the screenwriters. The screenwriters started. Uh, their first big thing was we need to try to answer the big question oh. of where did the immortals come from. That's what I like to call mistake number two. Number two That's yeah. almost a mistake in. Any st- storytelling yeah. is like, yeah. no, no, no. I really think we need to over-explain yes. this to yes. the ground. Yes. And it's one of the few things the I, I really still like about that first Highlander is that there's some mystery to it. Like, right. they're, they're, right. I like that. That you know, like, w- like we talked about in that episode. And you can go back and listen to it. Like, the only thing that all of us sort of agreed on was the idea of like the idea here mm-hmm. is interesting. The execution is is no good, mm-hmm. but the idea is interesting. And this movie sets out right out of the gate to get rid of that interesting part. Yes. So they did that and they decided, well, we're going to make them aliens. So they come from the planet Zeist. And I have to say it like Sean Connery because that has stuck in my head since 91. Since I saw it, it's, you know, free men of the planet Zeist. And that wasn't a bad That's good. That was bad. It was really good. Don't retry because you you probably nailed it. I'm not going to nail it again. You have that. So they make them aliens that... As part of, as you described, except in the version we watched, the mm. renegade version to try to fix it, they made them from the distant past instead of aliens, which makes it more confusing <laughs> yeah. than because uh-huh. you're like, but you have like lasers and they have spaceships. lasers. They're wearing weird outfits. They're clearly uh-huh. on another planet I when they show it. They were like, from Dune. I thought they were. Yeah, it felt like everything Arrakis. about it looks yeah. like they're aliens. Yes. yes. And so I think both Tobin and I at least had this experience where. <laughs> we knew, I think, at least I knew yeah. they had cut the alien plot out of this. Right. But upon watching this version, I was like, no, but they're still aliens. <laughs> yeah, Look, exactly. they're definitely aliens. <laughs> yeah. I they just didn't, didn't understand. I like, yeah. I, yeah. I just was very, very confused. I thought, <laughs> they, I thought they had just like 
and I guess they kind of did. I thought they had just like forgotten to cut some stuff out. <laughs> and they're like, oh, people still think they're aliens? Damn it. <laughs> but I guess that is kind of what happened because, yeah, nothing about that screams the past. No, 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 no. no. Um, mistake number three <laughs> is everybody decided they didn't want Connery in a flashback or in a... Um, in in like a cameo role, they wanted him to be a big part of the movie. <sighs> so we get a scene where all that happens <laughs> is Connor gets some powers back, and he just screams Ramirez <laughs> to the heavens. Uh-huh. And but it bounces off the shield. Yeah, <laughs> and then all because of him yelling, Ramirez is alive again. So he's more immortal than he was before. Technically, <laughs> more immortal, more immortal. That's until until he's not. Until he's yeah. not. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he, yeah, you know, I have a lot to say about mm-hmm. his comeback. I, yes. This is this is a whole separate. Keep telling, yeah. keep telling so us your story. Three, nope. uh, th- mistake three point five. <laughs> uh, they gave him. They gave Connery three million dollars for six days of work. Connery's a smart man. Yeah, you know, the, he, yeah. And he won his, he's won his Oscar by this point, right? Yes, for the he has. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's just looking for them sweet paychecks. Yeah. Yep. I want to be clear. He gave all of that to charity. Oh, I don't okay. know what oh. charity, but he okay. gave it all to charity. <laughs> Sean Connery <laughs> sort of doesn't matter what charity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fine. Take your pick. Um, so, in scouting locations, the production crew fell in love with Argentina. Which As shows you do. in the film, like you can clearly <laughs> see, right. this, this wasn't shot this on a also, giant warehouse. This also is yes, my core, my core commentary on this movie. Go, keep going. They <laughs> fell in love with Argentina because of the buildings. So a lot of the exteriors there were just Argentina. Like they didn't, they didn't remake them huh. in any way. The interiors were all they, they redid everything. But so they fell in love with the look of it, and they fell in love with the tax breaks, and they fell in <laughs> love with the fact that uh, it was way cheaper. So just going sure. into it, yeah. they were going to save eight to nine million dollars by shooting in Argentina. However, oh no, 1990 when they were shooting it, uh, Argentina's economy collapsed, so inflation hit, which meant <laughs> that they were they were. Grossly over budget before they even started. I feel bad because I just laughed at the collapsing economy of Argentina. <laughs> it was a while and ago. And to be fair, uh, I don't hate the people of Argentina. Just Europe. Just I, Europe. No, just Europe. I just hate Europe. Just so we're clear, Argentina. I'm sorry. I hate the makers of Highlander. Yeah. And Hopefully I'm happy that your misfortune was also their misfortune. <laughs> so what happens when? you get into this kind of financial trouble on a big shoot is the bond company, the insurance company takes over. Uh-huh. So basically everyone lost all creative oh. decisions. Oh my God. And the bond company was like, how do we make this movie sell? How do we oh make it sell? God. Let's add this in. Let's add this in. Let's add this in. And the, the script just got mangled. Whatever their original idea was, right. it does not exist wow. on film. Uh, All of the actors and all of the production team were under legal orders to not badmouth the movie in any way. Um, Russell Mulcahy, the director, tried to get his name removed. (laughs) Yeah. But he was contractually (laughs) unable to. Like in his contract, it said he cannot do that. So he's still credited as a director. Now, he was on set and he was directing, but it was not his vision. Uh-huh. And that's where the renegade cut comes from. He's like trying to salvage some of it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. let's put in another action scene. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. it, 
yeah, there's another action scene. It's still incomprehensible as all hell. Mm-hmm. So at the premiere, Russell Mulcahy lasted a whole 15 minutes and then got up and walked out. Wow. And has disowned the movie until the Renegade version came out, which, you know. He probably made some money off of. He probably did. Um, and then that is kind of the end of the story. Wow. <laughs> that is Highlander 2. Hmm. This is not only a disaster to watch. Mm-hmm. It was a disaster to make. This is, the, it, holy crap, like, not one good thing, except the, uh, I think the effects, the visual effects guy met his wife on the shoot. <laughs> and that was nice. That's good. Um, Argentina the one also, good they thing. bought that <laughs> land in Argentina and immediately regretted it. <laughs> Some charity made $3 million. Uh-huh. Okay, right. so there's okay, that's another. two good things. Argentina did have for a while, uh, Tobin, you might be able to speak to this a little bit better than I can, but Argentina did have a fairly vibrant film Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Production studio system for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, not into the 90s, though. Right. Like, by then, it had really fallen away. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were trying to work with a production team, but, like, all of the equipment was super old. Anything they tried to rent was broken. Uh, the scaffolding scaffolding that they rented was all rusted and broken. And so anytime they were up there, they did have one collapse. Um, and I think that is how one person died. Um it is a it was a rigging nightmare like it was it it was awful from start to finish the another reason that connery is in this is because he and christopher lambert had become very good friends and which is weird to me like those two have so little like i guess connery's always got some chemistry just because he's like a charming old dude right right. but like uh, christopher lambert does not pop off the no. screen. No. And so no. like the idea of him having any human friends uh, yeah. is very yeah. strange yes. to me. Yes. I, part of me, I did think while watching this that I would be curious, like not curious enough that I'm actually going to do it, <laughs> but like curious in theory to see uh, like him acting in French. Like maybe, mm-hmm. uh, like, maybe, maybe there's something there. What was the film? But, Subway? I ju- he's, Submarine, I think. Oh. God. Submarine? No, maybe Subway. Those are different locations. Yes. He is just so bad. And he, like that that does not, I mean, I, I don't think that he is, he is not the thing that breaks the these, these movies. Oh, no. But, no. <laughs> but it doesn't like trying to pin them on somebody as like, j- yes, just utterly dull. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> as yeah. him. It's just And this like, is your action oh. hero. Yes. And, and speaking of him, I want to, uh, do you want to mention the one thing I think that I liked in this film, which mm. immediately led into I have two things. My least Ooh, favorite thing okay. about the film. Oh no! Is it the couple that met Nick? You already said that one. <laughs> yeah, you said <laughs> a couple. No, uh, I said that was the good thing. It didn't say right. it was the thing I liked. Oh, okay. Well, this is this is the one thing I I liked, which gave me a slight glimmer of hope. <laughs> and then well, which that... was the, which was then promptly dashed. Right. Correct. So <laughs> it's the very first shot of the movie. Oh. It is a very slow, like, yeah. crane shot up to the theater with like some opera music mm-hmm. playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good shot. Mm-hmm. It's like an interesting shot that sets up this movie where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, what's the DP, this going to be? The D, you said the DP. Shot a bunch of Martin Campbell movies, a bunch of the, the Bond movies with okay. um, Pierce Brosnan, GoldenEye. So he knows what like he's that. doing. The Mask of Zorro, whatever, the Antonio mm-hmm. Bandera Zorro yeah. movies, right? So he's but, a yeah, yeah Hollywood slick, you know. So that first shot for me was like, yeah. I was like, wait, maybe this won't be bad. Mm-hmm. And it was, but that shot gave me a little bit of hope. <laughs> but what the my least favorite thing about this movie, which was the immediate thing that followed 
the opening shot of the movie uh-huh. is when we see future Connor McCloud, <laughs> yeah, sure. who looks like like a raisin with his old man makeup on. Oh, it's terrible old and, man makeup too. Yes, so not bad. only is that bad, but he has the worst old man voice yes. Yes. that anyone yes. has ever done in any piece of media. It is like a child. Ever. It is like a like a child being yeah. like, "This is what an old man sounds like." <laughs> yes. If you squint, you can kind of turn him into the Billy Crystal character from uh, Princess Bride. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's that. Like yes, but, but he's trying. Well, he's not doing it in irony. And in yes, this. yes, yeah. and the, yes, totally. Yeah. You are the brute squad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, that like theater scene too is made that it is preceded by like the on-screen text explaining the world which is a thing that like is not like that is not inherently bad but it is a thing that makes me inherently suspicious that i'm like Mm. like whenever a movie begins by like just giving me text to set the scene in that (laughs) way i am automatically on my guard of like did you just not know how to set like set yeah. up your world is like that is that what's happening and yes that is what's happening here <laughs> they did not know how to set up their world but it's frustrating because I do think that there is very little that is redeeming here but once you pointed out the theater thing I will agree in addition like the shot but like also the all of the weird shit that was going on in that theater did a like could have done had they not like previously info yeah. dumped on us could have done <laughs> a lot to set up like the dystopia that we were arriving yeah, it was at. setting it was it was doing an interesting sort of world building moment where you're you're not yes. being told explicitly outside of that text yeah. what this future world is right. but you're watching an opera which is like this classy thing that you expect rich fancy people to be at uh-huh. but this theater is like dripping it's yes. falling down yes. he's in a box alone across from this other guy and there's it's yeah like half of it's closed off and it's like run down it's like Okay, again, you still kind of have me mm-hmm. here. It yeah. yes. really was until he spoke that I had some hope. <laughs> and then he spoke. And I honestly, this version of the DVD does not have subtitles because I checked. <laughs> so I was like, I need to know what he's saying, and I can barely understand him. And I tried to turn on subtitles, and yeah. he wouldn't let me. Oh, no. Yeah, it's 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 not the highest quality DVD collection. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, good. Mm. Don't put a lot of money. Yeah, into you should put yeah, a lot no, of money into no, this. No, they should not. Yeah, no more money should be put into this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to balance of... out Sean Connery's goodwill because during this movie he was sued by the AD for sexual harassment. Oh God! So, oh no! Yep. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, so for the charity fuck. thing. Yeah, good job, Sean Connery. Yep. For the sexual harassment thing, fuck yourself, Sean Connery. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Like, cool. Great. Cool. Yeah. So none good things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to remember to bring that up. After sorry, we were like, the, good the one, job. There's the one good thing, the couple. The oh, couple. yeah, sorry, I ruined your one good thing. <laughs> there were two, he had two good things. Yeah. One of them is yeah, now canceled. Yeah. Yep. Um, I want to talk about two things that I actually enjoyed okay. in this movie. <laughs> and they're both actors. I enjoyed Michael Ironside's hammy, lunatic villain. I, I enjoyed how over the top he was. I enjoy Michael Ironside in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I enjoy him in Total Recall. I enjoy him in, uh, there's this great film. That's great. <laughs> there's this, careful now. There's this careful, careful enjoyable film <laughs> from the early 80s called Watchers with uh, Corey Haim. And mm-hmm. he plays a very interesting uh, antagonist in it. Um, and so I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed him being weird. <laughs> Enjoy is too strong of a word, but I would agree that he is probably the 
like the best thing. I think it's in similar to the movie. first one. Like the character is almost identical of Kurgan and Katana. Yeah, yeah. But like in the all first of one, the villains in Highlander lore, most of them start with a K. <sighs> I don't know why. Yeah, I wish that was yeah. interesting. Is that yeah. I, idea? I, 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 I wish they did something with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like made yeah. it all that they were all brothers or yeah, had, had some, some same family. But like, I felt like they were just the same character. And in both yeah. movies, they're the most interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, person. I don't know exactly what movie he's in, but he's in a movie. He's yes. chosen a movie to be in, yeah. and he's yes. doing that. And it, yes. you know, to, yeah. to the extent which it works in this movie or not is sort of debatable. But but in a movie where a lot of performers don't seem to be picking a picking a movie to be in, right, or mm-hmm. not directed to a movie or whatever the right. Problem is, right. or sort of lying there on the screen. He he at least sort of has decided I'm going to do this, and then like does that and commits yes. to that. That's- well, I want to read a quote from him. So he says, <clears throat> "Yeah, listen, I hated that script. We all did. Me, Sean, Chris." <laughs> We all were in it for the money on this one. I mean, it read as if it had been written by a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> I like that he specifies 13-year-old boy. Oh, sure. Yes. sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. Not no 13-year-old. No. Yes. Okay. But I'd never played a barbarian swordsman before, and this was my first big evil mastermind type. I figured out if I was going to do this stupid movie, I might as well have fun and go as far over the top as I possibly could. All that eye rolling and foaming at the mouth was me deciding that if I was going to be in a piece of shit like that movie, I was going to be the most memorable <laughs> fucking thing in it, and I think I succeeded. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's great. Is, yeah. yeah. Bravo, bravo. Bravo, Michael Ironside. Yeah, that's great. Well said. That's yeah. quality. Top <laughs> notch. How long after the movie did he give that? Do you know when he when I had no idea. Okay. Nick I, called him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, give me a quote for the pod. Give me a quote for uh, Real Bad Bob. Thanks. You know, I, I, I like yes. your Nick impression. <laughs> <laughs> now, see here, Michael. <laughs> We're making a podcast. See? We're making a podcast. I need a quote from you that's going to let the audience know that you knew it was a piece of shit. See? Radio's big again. <laughs> Michael, we're making moves, Michael. <laughs> yep, that's how I picture Nick in yeah, my head. You know. uh, I figure that's not far off. I, the, that comment about the 13-year-old boy, too, really jumps out at me. Because, like, my big takeaway from this movie is that – and I think, quite frankly, all of Highlander – so this movie in particular is a – is an – is an AU fanfic of the first Highlander. Explain like, to people what AU, AU so, for, uh, means. Okay, yeah, I know so what it means, but like a fan, lot of Yeah, if you're not steeped in fan culture, so fanfic, you know, you're writing a story based on a thing. AU is alternate universe. So you take like the same basic characters and like maybe sort of a loose approximation of the plot, uh, sometimes maybe not necessarily, but like you you tweak the universe of a story in some sort of way and then you you rewrite, you, you write your, your fanfic uh, around that. And this movie mm. is AU fanfic of Highlander 1. They basically yep. yeah, were like, great, yeah, like let's, yeah. let's do that. Uh, all of the two Highlanders that I've now seen are basically self-insert stories. Like, this is, like, some, like, some white dude, 13-year-old white dude, (laughs) decided, uh, yeah, I'm going to be, like, imagine if I Mm -hmm. were immortal, lightning power, bang every hot lady I see within minutes of meeting her, man, and write that. (laughs) Doesn't roll off the tongue as a superhero (laughs) name, but... (laughs) But, like, like that is... That's, like... The, that's like the driving principle. That was the driving principle of the first one, and it is even more so the case like in this one. Oh, it's and the it's driving just, principle of the third oh one. It's like, how God. do we add to that lore? Alien time traveler. Alien what up? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. I just. <sighs> but it is. It is. I mean, in so many ways, 
I can stamp 13 year old yes. boy on this. Yes. Like it's incomprehensible. Like <laughs> yeah. a 13. Highland, I guess Highlander one is like a 21 year old, a 21 year old dude's uh, self insert story. <laughs> yeah. And they <laughs> well, went back in time to write this <laughs> yeah. shitty sequel. Yes. 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 It's going to be great if it had aliens in it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot the aliens the first time. <laughs> That's that's also part of it though is like this movie made me like Highlander one less, which no. like, I didn't enjoy Highlander one that much, but like this one I enjoyed a lot less, and it retconned the first story enough that I was like, oh, yeah. now they that whole time they were alien time travelers, yeah. and that never came up. Yeah, yeah. this is sure. a, yes. this is this is where the Highlander mythos really starts to get into things that I want to talk about in a grand scale, which is like every movie after this now, which Mm -hmm. uh, when we get into it, has to pretend that Highlander 2 doesn't exist. But Highlander 2 retconned the first one so badly that now, unless you are aware of that, if you watch these linearly, it really makes no sense. Mm -hmm. You have to skip two. You have to skip two. Oh, Oh, interesting. Is that why this DVD is set up that way? Yes, I was wondering that too. So for the the five disc, the five film collection that Mm -hmm. Nick has that we are using to watch these, there's two discs in there and the first disc has one, three, four, five and then two is on a separate disc by itself. Yes. Hoping you won't see it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Don't look over there. It's on here, but you know. It's really interesting. It's like bonus features. Yeah. <laughs> but you like it's a it. it should just be like by a blank bonus, CD-ROM. I mean like negative. It's not adding. It's like subtracting from value, your experience. It's like taking value away. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the thing about Highlander Three. Highlander Three takes place just a few years after Highlander One. Just completely. So is he? He's mortal with his wife on a cliffside. Uh, I don't like, want to get too much into Highlander 3 until we're Oh, yeah, into we got to watch that yeah. too, don't we? <laughs> so, Highlander 2. So, not two, only did we watch, not only was this just bad, it was meaningless. Yes, that's the thing. Wow. You're welcome, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. You guys, Nicole hasn't had the best we, week either. We, we, so. we, you, you've broken Nicole. Yeah. Again. No. We had a bad week, and then I made her watch this thing. And it's going to be for nothing. No. It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. I think we can talk about it I again. Think we're all better uh, off for having seen this thing. Are we? Oh, I do. I do. I think this is. No. I, I think this I is so incredibly bad. I and would have gone to sleep an hour earlier last night if I hadn't watched this movie. You know what? You had the DVD for like two days. <laughs> and I know you forgot. <laughs> so we'll get into this more when we get into rating. But I think this is, if you have any interest in bad media, this is like a touchstone. Sure. Okay. Of, for, since 1991, this thing has been the butt of jokes. Roger Ebert called it the worst film of 91. And his review with Gene Siskel is hilarious. Like he and his, he talks about it as just being like, this is the most incomprehensible major motion picture I have ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. Like it is <laughs> like it is amazing. And to, to further that, I would like to do this week's dramatic reading. Ooh. <laughs> yes. So this week's dramatic reading comes courtesy of a character within the film trying to explain the film (laughs) to the audience. Louise Marcus stands in Connor McLeod's lavish apartment. Bourbon in her hand. 
<laughs> Connor sits, long hair flown back against his shoulders, lying really cool on the edge of a couch. Louise Marcus. Okay, now, let me see if I can get this straight. You're mortal there, but you're immortal here until you kill all the guys from there who've come here, and then you're mortal here unless you go back there or some more guys from there come here, in which case you become immortal here again. <laughs> this has been this week's dramatic reading. Oh, it, yeah, that really it's sums good. up that 13-year-old boy writing yep, skill. That's it. There it is. They knew they had they a problem. It. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. in the script. You know there's you a problem. Knew. You, you knew. knew this was stupid. You knew your movie was bad. You knew that this was... Th th if a character in your movie has to go, all right, let's let's recap <laughs> everything that's happened so far, because even I can't follow what's happened in my own movie. That's bad. It's bad. Bad sign. Yeah. Bad sign. Like, that is... And it's... it's Played for laughs, which it kind of is in this movie. That is kind of like, ah, ha, ha, yes, it's a, it's a big confusing thing. Yeah, but this at the makes same, no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the rest of the movie isn't played that yeah, way. Yeah. And that, like, in the in the same way that the sort of villain, the sort of hammy villain portrayal is like the one thing that it like kind of that sort of moment, the glimmer of self awareness. It, like it works coming from him in a way that it doesn't coming from the script writer, right? right? Like, like he yes, can do yes, that because yes. he's taking the thing that is fully formed and uh, the script that is fully formed and says, okay, there's not a lot here. This is what I'm what I'm gonna lean into. How absurd this is! Like that's yeah. like that's a logical choice. That line is written like at a moment. Like we have a script at that point in time. You could. Fix it. Yes. <laughs> you could write that down and go, oh. Oh, yeah. oh wait a minute. Wait. we have a problem. So I am not charmed by your moment of self-awareness. No. <laughs> like, I, it's not It's not cute. And also, this movie repeats the sort of basic, one of the basic sins of the first one, which is Louise, the Virginia Madsen character. And I, I have such affection for G Virginia Madsen. I do too. She is introduced as a badass. Oh my oh, God. Like such a badass. And I, and I wrote in my notes, oh God, because I know what's going to happen next. <laughs> Because the female lead of the first Highlander was introduced as an interesting kind of badass. Really smart. And then immediately, yeah. coming anywhere near contact with Connor McCloud, makes a left turn into like Stupidville. Yeah. S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my phone, by the way, now auto-corrects like, or auto-completes stupid to S-T-O-O-P because of my notes for this podcast. And, 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 and Another so gift I, from Highlander 2. <laughs> so I knew it was going to happen again. And guess what? Did. Boom! It yeah. did. All it totally happened, and it was very frustrating. At a certain point, she's literally like, she's gone from the movie for a long yeah. time, mm -hmm. and the next time we see her, I think it's right before the like the dramatic reading oh that Nick God. just did, is like he goes. Oh, I just remembered exactly how it happened. Like <laughs> <laughs> Connor McCloud has a fight with yep. Katana mm -hmm. that just ends. Mm -hmm. No one wins or loses really, and it just ends. Mm -hmm. And then Connor goes back to his apartment. And she's just waiting just there out. for him. Just like she's just been sitting his, in his apartment for the last hour yeah. doing nothing. She'd mm -hmm. been like leading the rebellion before she met yes, him. Right? She was <laughs> leading a rebellion to take down the shield and to learn the truth about the ozone layer and everything. And then that's just immediately erased after the worst sex scene ever. Yep. Well, and before that, before that sex scene, the first time, they, very shortly after they meet for the first time, in one of the most perfect unself-aware visual metaphors of this movie <laughs> to quote-unquote protect her from bad guys coming 
Connor McLeod puts her in a dumpster. Yep. Puts uh-huh. the female lead in a uh-huh. dumpster. And I uh-huh. thought, there it is. There it is. That there it is. is the That's the highlight of this movie. movie. That's it. That's it. It is all Here, in this you movie. You wait here in the garbage until we need yes, you. Yes, and she comes out of the garbage and is garbage uh-huh. from then on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my she's also God. Thrown, she's oh, also man. thrown into a trunk at some point that's as true. well. <laughs> she is disposed of multiple times <laughs> but, in this yeah, movie. But put it, the garbage, that is, that's it. That's that's it right there. Yeah. And I've uh, listened to a lot of interviews with the producers and the writers, and I think the unself-aware is mm. the biggest takeaway. Like from all of them that it's like, you really don't know. Like there, and, and I guess there is something that like, I, I don't forgive it, but I can at least be like, oh, you're just unaware you just don't uh-huh. what you're doing uh-huh. ignorance is a yeah and it's not it's a defense but a it's not a defense but yeah. i can look at it and it's well you're not evil you're just you don't know that is amazing though it's like this incredible visual metaphor that after that she's peeking out of the garbage <laughs> yeah. and then he walks out of the flame all hot and sexy yeah yep. as not well an old man and now they immediately bone. and they immediately yeah, yeah. yeah. They oh, wow. she's what? only For... seen him as an old man that's like <laughs> 11 uh-huh. uh-huh. and then like he walks out of the fire unscathed and she's like Ooh, maybe Ooh, maybe I... <laughs> I mean, he was an old man. I'm covered in garbage <laughs> juice. Like, I don't know. Might be choosy. So then they just have sex in an alleyway for and for five seconds too. This is the yeah. other thing. Yes. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's weird. Like, like in the first one, yes, they were ripping off Terminator with the 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 yeah, sex the blue. Scene. Yeah, the blue. But it was like scene, yeah. you got you the impression that it was like a night of passion, right? Like, there, yes. like it was going on. It wasn't a good scene. No, but it at least alluded to actual like a night of sex whereas this was like I think they just I had sex yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I think you're trying to tell me they just had sex in that alleyway uh-huh. where there's definitely a dead body of a weird alien time traveler 10 feet away from them but whatever and it lasted like 30 seconds yeah, yeah. like it was quick <laughs> it's been a while I'm assuming his they... wife died a long time ago right is, is that why they call it the quickening oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the podcast we're listening <laughs> thanks for listening uh, cageclub.me can... oh man it, it's so bizarre like it, it's it's a fairly like in terms of like camera work and production design and, and stuff like that it's like fairly well made mm-hmm. but it, it's got so many moments of complete unaware stupid decisions <laughs> that it just becomes hilarious well mm-hmm. like, I said this to you like when we were talking about it earlier this week Nick of like as far as what this movie tried to do in the very earliest stages of ideas, I like this idea more. I see it as a slightly more ambitious movie. It has better, it has more work put into the production design uh, and set pieces. It's a higher and, budget too. Yeah, and like the ideas before the actual writing of everything, <laughs> I think are more ambitious. I don't think they achieve or pull off any of those ideas right. successfully. Right. No. But I look at it and I'm like, oh, like you're swinging for the fences on this one. Whereas in the first one, there, it's some some of the parts are just long and boring, and they didn't really know what to do with them. At least there's a weird dystopian future involved this time. But yeah, I'm not saying that's good. Yeah. No, <laughs> but right. I'm yeah, saying but... it seemed like they were trying. To go a bit this further. This movie just made me very angry about the kinds of people who get to keep making yes. bad choices. Right. The kinds of people, like, whose shitty ideas do we listen to and throw millions of dollars at Look, over you, and over again? It's Europe's and it, fault. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's Europe's fault. It's definitely, it's clearly the Europeans' fault. <laughs> I think mostly uh, France. But mostly, I, yeah, probably. For giving sure. us Christopher Lambert. Yeah, I, wonder if that's Christopher why. Lambert. I wonder if he's uh. considered really... 
Well, like, he had he had won like we said last oh, time. Right. Whatever the the Oscars of yeah. France, he'd he won for that movie. So is maybe very talented in French. Les Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. mean to interrupt you there. No, I, I mean that's that that's it. That's the, that's the the whole thing. Is it just it's just like one of those things that like you look back at like yeah, just like the scope, the the catastrophic level on which people like certain groups of people are allowed to routinely fail and are rewarded <laughs> by getting like here's more millions of dollars to right. execute your terrible fucking ideas. It's just like. It, like it yeah. made me like viscerally angry about like the broader social context in which trash like this exists. I agree. I, I, I think one of the most fascinating things to me, and I think it's probably aggravating to you, but it is it is aggravating and fascinating <laughs> Fasc- to sure. me. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like every sequel of Highlander is well, that last one didn't work. <laughs> so here, take, a, take another budget. Let's just keep uh, making yeah, them yeah, until yeah. we fix uh-huh. it. We'll, fi- uh-huh. we'll find it. We'll uh-huh. find it. Come on. We'll we'll get there. We'll crack yeah. it one of these days. Yeah, yeah. What you you haven't had any success. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, great. Come here. You it know, was their like, generation Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just keep making Spider Mans because as soon as we mess up a series, we're like, uh, reboot. <laughs> New Spider Man. Reboot. Reboot. Yeah. Venom. Refresh. But Refresh. you're right. Like, and this and this is the thing that like there's that weird feeling that you get from people that it's like you know if god forbid a black person makes a bad film Uh and they're like well see and you're like what the fuck like how many times did russell mulcahy get to fail yes yeah and like how many articles are there about like Catherine bigelow about like "Mm, well should we let her direct this thing and it's like fuck you yeah Yeah. like but it's it it is a very weird thing and i i completely agree with you that it's like what the it's not even like you're handing it over to new people to try to get the same crew. What are you doing? Like, why? There's millions more dollars. Have fun. <laughs> Good God. No. Um, I hate it. Yeah, it's, it, it's, 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 it's hateful. It's, it's very hateful. But I also, I don't know. I am, this movie, I remember when I saw the trailer for this movie when I was a kid. For some reason in my brain, the first few frames of it, I thought, oh, Alien 3. Was coming because I knew Alien 3 was coming and the trailer happened. And then I was like, as a little kid, I was like, Highlander 2. How are they going to make a sequel to space? What a pl- what is happening? And this is like, you know, a seven or eight year old kid. No, I guess it would have been 11 or 12. But like 11, 12 year old kid who can put this together and uh-huh. go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. And that's the trailer. Now, hindsight is 2020. I understand that. But still, you had to realize the first time somebody said they're aliens, somebody had to go, wait. Why? <laughs> what? You sure? Why? Are you sure? Why are they aliens? Yeah. So, did, I don't did, know. Did, did you see this in the theater? No, I uh, mm. saw it on home video. I'm the only one here who saw it. Oh. Wow. Wow. I, I was a 13-year-old boy Okay. At, when this movie came out. And my dad and I You're went like, to this it. this is my journey. <laughs> I have journals that just like this. <laughs> you wrote this movie. <laughs> we got my, it. My, so my dad and I went to this movie as in, in at the Wilma here and, and like wow. went to the movie. Wow. And it was, I remember. And you had seen Highlander 1 and liked it. Well, yeah, it was in the, yeah, it was in the ether. I mean, I didn't yeah. see that when it was out. I was too young probably yeah. to have seen it then. But yeah, so I, yeah, but we knew Highlander and it was on TV. And so well, Highlander became, especially at that point, Highlander had become a cult classic at that point. Like it didn't do well in the US, but it did well overseas. And then a lot of people like it fell into the same camp as like Terminator 1 and uh-huh. uh, things of yeah. like, it's this gritty, weird um, movie that you, to be honest, you don't see a lot. 
like even then, especially and it was produced at a higher level than a lot of canon films at the time that had that same grittiness. So so it did sort of get this following. So everybody was aware of it for some reason. Right. And my, my dad introduced me to Terminator in the same kind of way when I was probably too young and on TV. And, you know, so I, <laughs> yeah. it was that kind of a thing. So we went to this movie and I remember even sitting in the theater thinking, this is dumb. <laughs> like, this is, I don't understand. And it's and it's dumb. And, and I and I the, the only thing that I remember coming back to it the, is that initial fight with the two kind of loony guys from Florida and Reno. There you go. And on the hoverboards and stuff. And the, and I even remember it, as a kid thinking, that doesn't look very cool. No. Because there's a special <laughs> effect in that. Like it's, they're not, it's like the sword play. It's just like. It's so, it's so long. It's, it's long and lifeless. Long. And they just sort of yeah. swoop across the screen and you're supposed to think, oh, that's cool. So, so I. So and it's, it's one hit. They, they fly around and around and around and around and then they both go <laughs> tink. And yeah. then that's the, that's yeah. the sword <laughs> fight. Yeah. And then he rips yeah. off his head. <laughs> he doesn't even cut it off. He pulls a rope and the head just peels off. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, that's, and I remember the, I think the theater was probably mostly empty and, my, and we both walked that's out. It's a shocker thinking, there. That was, <laughs> that was really dumb. Like we just, so I, my, I didn't know how sort of kind of insidious it was in some ways and how in terms of the way Virginia Matson has treated it and and, sure. and and you know that that didn't really register for me but I had no memory of anything other than that fight and the, the and the sense of watching it thinking oh god <laughs> that even as a 13 year old yeah, boy yeah. you were Which like should have been is... like the target sort yeah, of yeah you, crowd some for. yeah some sure. measure of like I can enjoy this right. and be along for the ride because nope. I'm 13 and I, I <laughs> after that I, I I didn't watch another Highlander movie for Ever like it didn't even touch the thing like it just sort of it dried up any kind of residual nostalgia I had from Your a couple of years before Highlander juice <laughs> yeah uh, so Ooh. anyway I, I, yeah I don't feel good about that no, no. no you shouldn't no um, I remember when the series came out my father's wife was really into it and I was like was well, he an alien. <laughs> because it was the series came out in Why between be Highlander 2 and Highlander right, 3 right. and ha, ha. so I thought well they're going with it no they they just ignored it again the series was it was ignored so and then and then again weird stuff with the series they offered it to Christopher Lambert Christopher Lambert said no thank god uh, no, yeah <laughs> so they gave it to Adrian Paul who plays his cousin but but Christopher Lambert's in the first um, episode to sort of hand it over and again it's weird it's like how does this work? Mm-hmm. How does this story? None of these things fit together. <laughs> there can only there be can one, only one or two or three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't have to kill my cousin for some reason. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Um, yeah. I don't, can we talk about the, uh, the it, okay. So if we remove the immortals from this and we remove all that, I want to talk about the sci-fi dystopia for a second, mm-hmm. because I think even though scientifically it's just completely stupid mm-hmm. and doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. I do like that as some sort of setup for a sci-fi movie all on its own. It reminds me a lot of Total Recall. Like there's- Because it's like, we are in the future, there is this thing in place that was put there to save us. Yes. But now, it, maybe it's not necessary. Yeah. And maybe we're actually fine and somebody is just trying to control us. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But then oh, we haven't wa- even mentioned John C. McGinley. Oh, that no. was my other thing. Yeah. I liked him yeah. in here. I yeah. thought sure. he was. I think he is he great. He was also cartoonish. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. him and Michael Ironside are in another movie yes. that is better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Or at least funnier. Yeah. Because yes. even yeah. when they yes. team up, yeah. I'm like, oh, I like them even together. Like this weird, like. 
your bad guy has kind of been John C. McGinley. Mm-hmm. And then when he's like put next to the actual bad guy, he's like, oh, yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do what you say. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I even as a kid, I liked him. Like, I thought he was funny and and I like him now, too. And Matt texted me about it. I was like, oh, it was a pretty good John McGinley scene. And it's the scene where he's sitting down talking to the the old man. And he has the he has great moments mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. great moments where he laughs and he's like, <laughs> well, that's funny, Alan. Like, yeah. Yeah, very like he's obviously, again, making choices. Yeah, I am right, choosing right. to do something mm-hmm, in this movie. Right. And there was nobody holding him back, which is it's fun to watch it again. Like, though, what are you making money off of? Exactly. Like, what is yeah. what? Yeah. Yes. What is this? What yeah. do you have a monopoly on? Yeah. Why did you build something without Some, an off switch? Somehow, uh, my my inference there is that like governments have to employ them to maintain the shield. That was my understanding oh. because they said that's good. They said <laughs> yeah. they did explicitly say that every major government in the world is their client. Yes. And so, or their customer, or so, whatever. Yeah, that's, so, I think that's the and which I think is brought on because somebody essentially <laughs> has to ask. Like, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you doing no, here? No, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, Highland, the Highlander says it in their like their brief little exchange. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, it sh- sure is great. Again, and like, and explaining nothing <laughs> yeah. makes sense. No. He he like steps in and is like, here, let me really quickly explain your motivation. Uh, you don't really need the shield anymore, mm-hmm. but you're making money off of the shield existing because every major government is your customer, and it sure would be bad for your business <laughs> if it wasn't. And I wish that this was not like almost verbatim the movie, <laughs> but it is. No, you're really close. <laughs> yeah. like, that is. Really close. I mean, imagine if like Tobin's plot summary had been as nonsensical as Louise's lines. Yes. So you're immortal there, but not here. And then he's immortal here, but not there. It's like we would have been like, Tobin, you want to do that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you can hear in these moments someone giving notes on the script saying, I don't understand why they why they're how they're making money. It's it's rather than fixing the script. They put in the line that, that quote unquote explains it. That's the version of. I see this in in you see this in in scripts from time to time. Uh, oh, working yeah. with younger with younger with newer writers, where the, where rather than go back and make the understructure of the thing work, they sort of it's a band aid. The band aid fix. It's like yeah. oh well, we'll just explain it with some dialogue and then keep going. And if we keep going, maybe no one will notice. And sometimes it's even like good writers. Oh, we, sure. we can have those sure. on on drafts where you're like, I don't have the answer to that yet. Here's some dialogue to explain it. So I don't forget right. what you know what it is I want to do, and then you go back. Generally, right. you'd go back and you'd massage that out <laughs> right, in right, some right. way, which right. they didn't do here, right. or they massaged it too much and it just <laughs> bored a out. hole. <laughs> yeah, it just bored a hole right through it. But there is something interesting in the idea of technology. The the if and I hate to give this movie any kind of credit at all, and I'm not really, but the idea that technology can uh, both save us and oppress us simultaneously mm-hmm. is kind of I mean that's an interesting idea to sort of grapple with. The movie doesn't grapple with no. it, right? But but it is it is present in the movie, which makes you wonder. Uh, just sort of maybe in the subconscious of the people who are making it in some way and sort of bubbles through in a way that like it, people would be thinking about that well, stuff. I think sometimes those things come across as like, oh, people will follow that. Because yeah. they like they put like a smallest seed of their like, that kind of makes sense, right? And then they just assume people will get that out of it without yeah, ever right. reinforcing it. And right. I'm not saying that anyone had ever had that thought consciously. I'm just saying sort of looking at the movie in uh, movie made in 91, absent anything else, and saying what are the – can we discern from this movie what some of the sort of cultural 
sort of things going on under the you know subconscious well, and, cultural and things. Going ozone on. was hot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. The cultural things. Really not so much anything that, to do with these individual human not beings. Not even. No. 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 Got it. Just yes. sort of like as, as, as an anthropological sort of thing. Can you look at this artifact and say well, what's going on at the time mm-hmm. this is made? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see there's some we're grappling with some technological stuff. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> my my, I still come back to the one. It's bad, but to, yeah. the other thing is like, what? Why put these two things together? It's it's not chocolate and right. peanut butter. Yeah, it's right. it, it's it's tartar sauce <laughs> and Highlander juice. and Highlander <laughs> juice. <laughs> that's yeah. That's like that that fact though is part of why I I am I am a lot less willing to give any sort of credit for like <laughs> fragments of a good idea. Yeah. I like I agree with what Tobin is saying is that like the degree to which there is like an element of a good idea seems to me like it is probably more consequence of zeitgeist than right. it is that yes. any of these right. individuals had a good idea. Right. Like and like because of their clear ineptitude in terms of figuring out what to do with any of these individual ideas like where there might be an idea that like somebody more competent could take it and do something interesting with it they they failed to at Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. turn and so to me I can't even give them credit for having like a good idea because no eh, did you if, like if you if you don't actually understand anything about what makes that idea good then i can't give you credit <laughs> for having a good idea i i don't disagree with that I, <laughs> like, my thing is like i'm looking at it in terms of well that's a f- that's a good idea you did nothing with right, right like i would watch a movie about that I would watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would watch. I would watch some sort of sci-fi thriller. I mean, it feels like Blade Runner. It feels like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, there, there's something there, but you didn't capitalize on it in any way. <laughs> and it and it's Doing confusing. That for someone else. It's confusing that you took this fantasy <laughs> sword fighting epic. And then decided, no, it's sci-fi. Aliens. Aliens and, and, and a shield around the earth <laughs> and magic. And like. It feels a little bit like a like random word generator. <laughs> like that, that list of words. <laughs> you just spit out a list of words. Yeah. <laughs> Go. This is true. Actually, actually, random word generator might have made a better movie. Yeah. That's true. That's, At yes. least would have been interesting. Yes. Yes. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. We could have talked about like the AI and like the choices the AI, the AI was yes. making. Uh, oh, that would yeah. be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think it came to that? <laughs> I think we need to talk about Scotland. <laughs> and Ramirez and everything that happens in Scotland. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I can't there's so much that happens that has no bearing on the plot whatsoever except that we need to get Sean Connery uh-huh. in the movie. Yep. Yes. So I will say they made no sense, but I did enjoy Sean Connery staring at the TV. That was like a weird. Or doing the, the weird TV's. moving yeah. thing where he's like, "There's a camera on him," and he's like, "I yeah. don't know why this is happening, but like, I hate everything it feels else. Like I, a short I hate film. everything <laughs> else that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And this is at least like moderately yeah. amusing. Some fish out of water stuff yeah. with Sean Connery yeah. is yeah, like yeah. not it, the worst thing in the world. And the fact that the yeah. tailor was like so chill with like, "Oh, here, let me take your your pearl earring." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it starts off with okay. We talked earlier about like he just shouts Ramirez to the heavens, and yeah. then Ramirez is reborn. Okay, so he's reborn in the middle of a play of Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did Devin enjoy that? 
explicitly no. She she is very upset that almost every bad movie for some reason we watch has a weird reference to Shakespeare in it. From this to yeah. Last Action Devin Hero, takes personal to like, offense. Well, she's just like, why? For those why that are unaware, out of this. Oh yes, my girlfriend uh, is a uh, grad student who is studying Shakespeare. Right. Uh, this is why I asked. So she knows a lot about Shakespeare and doesn't enjoy I, <laughs> the the constant references that seem to pop up and I think that's a, a sign of like lazy screenwriters who are like yeah. we need something classy to put in here oh, yeah. <laughs> let's put a Shakespeare uh-huh. scene because uh-huh. a lot of them tend to do it it yes. looks like yep. uh and even like from people saying like, "Oh, that was Shakespearean," and she's just like, "No, it wasn't." <laughs> um, but so Sean Connery pops up in the middle of this. I would love to watch one of these with Devin. Oh, just just, <laughs> yeah. just sit there and stare at her. No, face. I've told her I was like, one day we're gonna watch like a bad Shakespeare movie. Like we're gonna oh, watch yeah. O or something, and she's gonna hate that even more. Um, <laughs> but he shows up in the middle of a performance of Hamlet. In Scotland, apparently, because it just says on the screen, suddenly he's in Scotland. This is like Edinburgh. Uh, yeah. And he just kind of disrupts the play and then leaves. And no one seems entirely freaked out. And doesn't seem to know he's what a play is. Like, he's on the stage. Uh-huh. There are people. Yeah. And it's sort of in the round. So it's not like yeah. he's, his back is to the, like he's and but he's confused by being at in a play. Which yeah. Is he's confused by everything. Weird. He's like a newborn lamb yeah. just walking around. Yeah. But he then walks outside into a world that looks very much like the world we've been in for this whole movie. And yep. so I was like, oh, have we been in Scotland this whole time? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, because he uh-huh. walks outside and there's like a giant neon sign that says like bar and it looks very much like everything mm-hmm. we've seen in mm-hmm. the other parts. So I was like, oh, he's there. That's where we've been this whole time. And then no, because <laughs> we get a whole series of scenes involving, uh, he goes to get a new suit, he goes to a tailor and we get a long, long, long time of him just on a plane flying yeah. from yeah. Scotland. Yes. We keep, right. I like, they show it like once, and I'm like, okay, we did him on a plane. But then they keep cutting <laughs> They come back to him having a lovely conversation with a woman on the plane. <laughs> and being flirt. That's the, uh, the, the wife, by the way. Of the oh. VFX guy, oh, okay. the, they they met there. Then huh. they didn't talk to each other for a long time, and then they got put back in touch with each other, and they fell in love. Remember that Interesting. one time we worked on that real fucking bad movie? <laughs> yeah, remember that? You had to talk to You're Sean Connery for ten hours. You're the only person who hours. understands. Who understands? <laughs> but <laughs> like they keep cutting back, and it's like, why are we here? Yeah, yeah. like because yeah. yeah. couple... we had Sean Connery for six days. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. we have to use him. Like, and we have this plane set for one day. We have to keep using it. But it's like. They make a he, he, one. First of all, nobody else in Scotland is Scottish besides Ramirez. <laughs> like every person he talks to has a British accent, <laughs> and so the only man who is Scottish is the Spaniard from the past. But isn't he Egyptian? <laughs> yeah, he's Egyptian originally. Like, also that Egyptian uh-huh. by I mean, way of technically he's Zeistian. Yes, true. But he goes into this Scottish tailor to get like a new suit made for himself and pays them with an earring, which is apparently appraised immediately and uh-huh. worth a suit. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But, it makes no less sense than anything else. But you so know what I makes less sense fine. than that moment? Uh-huh. How did he pay for the plane? Uh-huh. How yes. did he pay for the the inner like the, yes. the flight across the world? I assume the more jewelry. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they set up the idea, like you either just don't address the fact that he has right. no money to pay for anything because yes. he disappeared from the past mm-hmm. and like he magics it away and like that's fine because we're just not gonna talk about it. But the fact that they included the moment of him handing over the earring. They made such a big deal uh-huh. about like, oh, I need a new suit. He's like, well, we can have it by Monday. And he's like, here's this expensive earring. He's like, 
by three. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, uh-huh. that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's just been doing that this whole time and we don't, don't get to see it. The, the airline accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my other earring. <laughs> no, it's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it's... it really does. Now that you talk about like how much time they had Sean Connery for, it does feel like, oh, they were just milking it. <laughs> yes. Because they didn't right. have any good ideas for Ramirez. Like, for they didn't have any good ideas Once for he anything. meets up with them, all he does is explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, time for magic. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I just saved your life. <laughs> the movie does invent, invent invent powers at will for these people. Oh yeah, this is, uh, like that that is oh. weird. Like the, oh, so the, okay, so the, the whole thing is they have Sorry, a scene yeah. with this giant fan mm-hmm. that they've been trapped in Supermax because they have to go they have to go rescue Alan who helped build the shield and Alan knows that they're gonna he knows the location of where they can get above the shield to see if everything is okay, which is much lower than I thought it was. Yeah, the shield doesn't cover mountains. No. no. Oh, like that he, was but, a, that was weird to yeah. expect. Yeah. He has like yeah. a diet, like a, a globe in his house of like this shield that looks like the ozone layer. Yeah. Like it's like miles above right. the earth, <laughs> and then they like just climb up a mountain. It takes like five minutes to walk up this mountain and be above the yep. shield. And I'm like. That's very low. <laughs> How did like... Sean Connery's plane make it? Exactly. Exactly. I feel like. Mountain climbers would still exist. <laughs> no, they've all died they on the other side. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. They all roasted in the bad radiation times. Yeah, very, very bizarre. And then, yeah, Connery. They, so they go to the prison, and then they they trap uh, Katana and uh, McGinley. I don't remember his name. Uh, get trapped in, the, or they trap Connor and. The other two, good lord, I'm just not coming up with Louise names. and Ramirez. Louise, the other, the other two. They trap them in a room <laughs> and with the rest. Their, the with movie their... doesn't have any more care or concern for them than, than that either. <laughs> they so. trap them in the Willy Wonka like area where the giant fan is above their heads. It's their the only thing that can ever kill them. Obviously, is a fan that could take off their heads. So my uh, one true nemesis. Yeah. So Grandpa Joe steps up and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this fan. You guys get out of here." And he just. Does does some magic yeah that he apparently has so he's doing this magic to hold the fan to give them time to get out and then magic's open the door so yeah. why didn't the magic why just, just open the door magicking the door let's just go out the door <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> that drove me bonkers it made no sense it's a 13 year old like yeah. this is very like I, uh-huh. this is exactly what a 13 year old me would have come up with as my action sequence <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it, it's absolutely ridiculous it makes no sense and it is infuriating. I, Matt mentioning the laziness of the Shakespeare thing reminded me, this is like a very small thing, but uh, speaking of like just very lazy, lazy choices, right? So Shakespeare, I don't know, whatever, mm-hmm. play Shakespeare. Yeah, sure. That makes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> makes perfect sense. The other, so like, while I think that the theater was a good bit of like introducing the dystopia, as soon as they leave the theater, the first cue that outside the doors this world is really truly gone to shit is on the street off to the side we see a naked woman being like sexually assaulted and like that is like such classic like uh, again like people for whom this shit is like layers removed that like this is an easy shorthand for like ah dark dystopia like ooh sexual assault and no one's doing anything yeah and no one's doing anything about it what a bleak future dystopia I've I've portrayed and a kind of sexual (laughs) not anyone in my audience's waking nightmare (laughs) in the present (laughs) like mm. 
absolutely and it, lazy and it's it's lazy again because they're like well we want to show that everybody's terrified of mcleod for some reason mm-hmm. they're terrified of him do they know that he was a immortal swordsman guy hmm. but like the punks are like hey we're gonna get you know mug you hey <laughs> this is my punk impression. <laughs> actually it's kind of their punk too so. yeah, yeah. So say, it sounds okay. horrible but it's but pretty this is, accurate this is not nick's being nick being yeah. horrible yeah. <laughs> to be clear and yeah, he's like hey guy where are you, where are you talking to you Come and back here. McCloud just turns around and one of them goes, you're Connor McCloud. <laughs> and they all Everyone go, knows the shield man. Yeah. And then they all go, oh, never mind. And they all back off. If he has that kind of power, why didn't he stop and go, hey, leave her alone? Like, this is the thing. Nicole's just palms up. Like, mm-hmm. I, yep. oh, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, he's also the man who gets beaten by a, like, a lady, a drunk lady at the bar later with a bottle. So he doesn't seem like the fearsome, scary man yeah. that they're afraid of. Because this drunk lady's like full on like, I will fight you, dude. She don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> she don't. <laughs> to, to further indict the sexual assault moment, the way it's the way that the they block it for the camera is to present the woman entirely to us. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, just, it's, it's, a, it is, this is not, this is not, uh, there, it's not even just this is happening. It's the way that the, the, it's sort of, it's almost like a moment that you're supposed to ogle in some way. Yeah. It's, it's really, mm-hmm. really disgusting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is classic 80s yeah. uh, genre um exploitation film and it's it's despicable um and i'm glad we've for the most part moved beyond that in in a lot of we hope so well in a lot of in in a lot of uh genre films i would hope the uh, the the framing that that particular framing element sure i think the idea of like shorthand of introducing like Violence against women is yeah. is is still like lazy writer shorthand Absolutely. for right. I want to set person is bad, place is bad, like yep. whatever things are bad. So like uh, Game of Thrones frequently like <laughs> defaulted in its yeah. early seasons, especially defaulted mm-hmm. to that as like here's how we're going to show you that the world is gritty. Right. Like let's yeah. assault some more women. Mm-hmm. Who's the worst okay. person? The one who assaulted the most women. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's got eight. That guy's only got six. This guy's worse. This guy's then, way worse. <laughs> but then I say that, and even in there it's also like there's a lot of ogling yes and it yes. and it's a frustration i have with that series um even it's a series i don't even watch and like <laughs> i'm so frustrated I, I, I am i saw the mad that it's over there <laughs> I am. consumed by like, other people well like the uh, the, uh andy samberg did an snl sketch about being the 13 year old boy who came up with all of the <laughs> you know he's like then i found out that i could put some naked women in it and it was like and that was his whole thing it's like george R. R. martin came up with the fantasy but then oh, we got to sell it so let's have lots of naked women <laughs> and it's it, it, it it's very frustrating it's despicable and i agree like the framing of it and everything and it is lazy it is absolutely lazy and you don't there's no excuse for that kind of laziness yes. there was an excuse for it in 91 right, 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 right. <laughs> like that's another thing like you know as the as film language develops and as we understand society more yeah we go through changes but 91 we knew that yeah. right. we had right. lived right. through those generations yeah. Yeah. and so it stands out in this movie right. too it stands out in a weird way that it wasn't in the first one right like that kind of thing the sexual assault that is also meant to be vaguely pornographic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right right yeah like, yeah, like i mean yeah. we do get the awfulness of the way his wife is treated in the first movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, as like um, a, yeah. a character motivation thing. But yes, I think... I'm just talking specifically in the shown, filmic yeah, yeah. language yes, of right, it. Right, right. Yes, Yeah, yes. and I, it's, it's one of those things of like, you can convey the exact... Even if you want to keep that moment in the movie, editing it down to like a second of a quick little montage of, 
him glancing around at all these terrible things happening around him, right. if it's in there for half a second, you still get it. Right. You don't need to watch it for five seconds to know, right. hey, this place is terrible. Yes. Right. Yeah, yes. Just cut it. Right. Yes. I mean, I don't shoot yes. it, actually. But I'm <laughs> saying, like, if you yeah, have that horrible idea, do it with less time. Can yeah. I say one more thing that I like before before we move on? Oh, do it. So we got to the. Uh, I have you. one more too. When it got. Oh, you when, do. Yeah. When we got to the supermax, pr- where the guards all wear um, uniforms that just say "max" on the back, <laughs> that look like they're hand <laughs> hand <laughs> run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get to the supermax prison, and they're and they're not important, but they're sneaking on, so they're talking through the like you know intercom to the guard, and that mm-hmm. and the cuts to the guard inside it was like two lines, and I recognized him. I recognized him very distinctly. Because he was in a short film of mine. What? Yes. You yes. did write this movie. <laughs> so, so the truth so, is coming out. Toby. <laughs> oh my god! This, and not only that. So he started his career in um, stunts. He was he was in the stunts. Uh, did some of the stunts in Tremors, um, and then was a one of my favorites. I know that's why I thought of you. And then was the second second AD in things like uh, Barton Fink. And, Whoa! Um, he's worked with the Coens. Yep, Primal Fear. Those both uh, came out. No, uh, Barton Fink came out the same year as this. Pr- uh, Poison Ivy. Oh the wow! With, yeah. Movie. Yep. Yep. And this movie is his first second second AD credit. Huh. Huh. Uh, and then uh, so anyway, then he he eventually uh, became an actor and was the lead in my thesis film in grad school. His name's Randall Newsom. He's a wonderful man and has gone oh. on to be you know has had a career as a as an actor that's sort of flourished in small parts here and there. And I I remember he, when we were talking on set, I remember him talking about being a second second AD and working on things like Highlander too and. I was I I didn't know the history of the movie, so I didn't press him on any of the stuff. Now I've got to email him and say like, <laughs> "Dude, you gotta like, what happened on this movie? Like, Tell me more. What, what secrets do you know about this?" Um, but that made me. That's the, the the most happy I was watching this whole movie that's to fair. see Randall and say, "Ah, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy in that movie." Just, this hearing yeah. you say this and like watching your face is also the most happy <laughs> yeah. that I have been. <laughs> In this experience, I agree. <laughs> he's still working with John C. McGinley too. He's on Stand Against Evil. Yeah, yeah. So yep. he's still they're still working together. Yep. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, the the thing I enjoyed uh, is not nearly as good as that. Uh, I don't think anything will be. Like, yeah, that's, no. that's that was pretty good. We peaked. We peaked. And I also only enjoyed it the first time because it happens multiple times. But the first time the score plays like Queen music, <laughs> yeah. The first time it happened, I was like, oh, that's that's fun. Yeah. And then I did like eight more times mm-hmm. to try and make you feel things. And I was like, that's oh, not working yeah. anymore. It's not working anymore. No. But the you first time it was like swelling, I was like, oh, oh it's the Queen <laughs> song. <laughs> you can't probably have the Queen song in this. So you did a little like orchestral well, No, they did, they did. When he's in the bar, he oh. goes to the jukebox and they play It's a Kind of Magic. <laughs> that's right. And oh. then when they have sex, <laughs> we, we think. think. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they have the swelling of who wants to live forever, which is one of like, it is one of my favorite songs. Like, I think that is an incredible song. And we talked about it when Highlander is like, that's a great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but shitty movie, but like great soundtrack. soundtrack. And then right. when that it comes pretty common here, thread in this podcast, yeah, <laughs> like, especially like last action, a lot of the recent ones, like yeah. last action hero, maximum overdrive and this, it's like great soundtrack. What happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should have left it at that. Yeah. You put all your money into paying the bands. Yes. <laughs> um, at this point, I want to. Uh, this is a big question, but <laughs> we got to talk about how we would fix this. Oh. Um, <laughs> 
Nicole, I feel like yours might be the fastest. Yeah, I'll I'll start. I'll I'll, I'll uh, wrap wrap it up real quick, which <laughs> is to say that it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist. They shouldn't have started. I you just delete it. The end. There you go, <laughs> Matt. How would you fix this movie? I'm gonna let it exist. Um. <laughs> Incorrect. Next. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> wrong answer. Next. I failed this podcast. We'll find you twenty five hundred uh, podcast points. Uh, um, we didn't tell you at the end of this podcast. There's a winner. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not you. It's apparently yeah. I, spoiler alert! I lost. Um, my idea would keep. A lot of the same plot points, honestly. Like I, I tend to try when I'm fixing movies on this podcast to not completely delete everything because mm-hmm. I feel like you can do that for almost any bad movie. Of like burn it down, write a whole better movie, and that's totally an option here. But I think there are ways, uh, there are plot points that exist in this movie that if you had leaned into harder and connected some more dots, it would have made at least a better version of this movie. At least made sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or not. That, okay. That's not promising. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, because I'm not that worried about like the alien time travel part of this, honestly. I'm worried about like in the past when we start getting the look, first of 50 look, flashbacks. One version of this has aliens. One version of it has time travel. It's not alien time travel. But in the alien version, were they also time travelers? No. <sighs> Wait. They were just aliens. So they exiled them to another planet, not just to the future? Yes. Uh, well, both are bad. Yes. So, so he's not immortal at all in the He's alien? always immortal. No, he's always immortal. <laughs> he's just not always an alien, well, he's and immortal. he's not always a time traveler. Yeah. It's sort of like the way Superman comes here and is able to be super strong because we're weak. Yeah. Okay, but are the aliens immortal? When they come here. But they're not They're no, not immortal they're there. They're Superman. Okay, but... Yeah. But so does he not have his path? Like, has he not? Mm-hmm. Is he not hundreds of years old? Do we need to do my old? dramatic reading? No, but I, okay, but how? How are they not tri- time tra- time travelers or immortal? The aliens themselves, because his same alien enemy was mm-hmm. on the alien planet with him or whatever. But then he, we have other moments of him, like he had his other the wives that he had in in mm-hmm. Highlander One mm-hmm. exist here. So are the do the aliens just live for hundreds of years without being immortal? Okay, I know the answer to this. Okay, oh. I, you you understand my confusion, right? I, totally, okay. because this this movie is incomprehensible <laughs> yes. on any level. Okay, the answer is <laughs> like I think the way they had imagined it uh-huh. was like years take a different amount of time. Uh, and, and okay. I think there was. I was reading something time about is that. Different. Is that I think for them it was like. A hundred years to one year, or okay. something because like that. Because there's a time moment, is moving at different. Yeah, and that's where the line comes okay. in. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually trying to explain I, this. Yeah. Well, I can't I, either. Well, we need if, it. If you're gonna tell us that we I can't know. have alien time it's, travel, because it's say not alien time travel. It's I'm aliens need you to explain to time me travel. why it's or. <laughs> okay, because there's a point at which he says he's an old man. He'll be dead in a couple of weeks. And I think that alludes to the fact oh, that okay. sure. like for them, yep, it's yep, a couple yep, of weeks. Yep. For him, it's a couple, a couple of, years of years or something. Sure, sure. But I, the, the, the version we watched was definitely time travel. Yes. But the version that Tobin and I assumed was also aliens. I, I assumed when watching the movie that it was alien time travel. Just, right. just to put that it out this there. Movie the movie we alien. watched yeah. or interdimensional. makes you believe it is alien time travel. Yeah, because the Guys who come back, the main the main bad guy is yes, human, barbarian. Human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but other, the two, other two, those are aliens. Those are those straight are aliens. Up, yeah, they're, they're aliens. 
So, the way I would fix this movie, uh, which is very clearly broken, um, would be that throughout this movie we get like 50 flashbacks to the past of uh, Connor McLeod's life. Which Some, I think were much more linear in the the theatrical version. It like maybe. started with a flashback and then went forward. Anyway, but we go get, ahead. We get some of these of the reason they are sent to either the future or another planet, <laughs> whichever it is. The reason they're sent is because they have started a rebellion yep. on this planet uh, in a very Battlefield Earth kind of way. <laughs> they started a rebellion. What uh, are they rebelling against? <laughs> Katana, the one person, because that's um. all, basically the only illusion they have to it is like, uh, when we're done with this, you won't have to bow to Katana anymore or something like that. So we're just like, okay, so we're rebelling against Katana. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then they get caught immediately for that. And they get exiled to future slash other planets. Just run at them. <laughs> yeah, it did not work at all. Um, so for me, the moment I see we're in the future, 2024, ozone layer shield thing, we get Louise. We get Virginia Madsen's character leading a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out the shield thing, trying to disable it all. I was like, oh, this movie's the only reason that we had that flashback to him being part of a rebellion on his other planet slash time zone um, (laughs) is because he's going to help her with her rebellion. He's going to be like, yo, I know about rebellions. I did this once before. Didn't go so well. Let's try it again. And (laughs) so I think the way you make this movie at least more coherent and the story more interesting Mm -hmm. and the two separate, like, stories of the shield and katana make more sense is, and this is one of those things where I think think there's a grain of that in there that they tried to Mm -hmm, do because mm -hmm. they do have the shield man and katana team up at a certain point. Mm -hmm. All the ingredients are there. They just didn't lean into it. You just have that rebellion be part of this movie, and it's not. There is no real rebellion mm-hmm. in the right, S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, world. Mm-hmm, right. It is left mm-hmm. to Louise, Ramirez, and uh, McLeod alone right. mm-hmm. to bring down this S.H.I.E.L.D. Two out of three are basically are t- not you know of it. Yes. Yeah. And so th- you need, I think... To let like let her crew come back, l- recruit more people to bring this down and reveal the truth, show a moment of them telling the masses like the ozone is fine, you don't need to be trapped under the shield anymore, and people start being like, right. we don't need to, mm-hmm. let's rise up, mm-hmm. right, right, let's right. get rid of this thing, uh-huh. and just getting the people on his side and turning Connor McLeod into like this leader of mm. the people, uh-huh. and just taking down John C. McGinley and Katana. With a lot of people, not just old man magic, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah. My like that's the thing is like you no, that, you that, showed yeah. this rebellion in the past, and it felt like it was there yeah, for a reason, right, right. and then you never pay it off. Right. So pay it off. Fair. Yeah. Actually, I think that's yeah. a pretty good fix. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I uh, yeah. Tobin. Boy, I am just impressed with that you had the energy and to do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah. This movie ground me down. I got to vote with Nicole. I oh, think I, I thought of that, about that while we were talking. I was over here <laughs> typing that out while we were talking. I'm on two deadlines for work of my own, for scripts of my own, and I I do not have it in my brain right now to fix this movie. So I go with I vote with the people who who are putting the DVDs together. You put it on a second disc and never and, uh, uh, never touch it again. Brush I, it away. Yeah, I, I got nothing for this one. I, I would I would rather watch that version. Yeah, uh, Matt, that you came up. 
up with than the version that we have. Yeah. And really, what, every time it cut back to that planet or whatever it was they were on, the past. The distant past. I, the time zone of Zeiss. I really, I really spent a lot of this movie just wanting to go and watch Dune. So um, <laughs> I, I would do that rather than watch this movie pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me... <laughs> I'm really more in line with Nicole and Tobin here because, like, I, delete I don't. It, delete yeah. it. Delete it. Delete it. If you go, if you were to go from Highlander one to the series, I think that works, and it's a handoff, and then you only have to deal with a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, we we get we we are just retconning the end mm-hmm. of the movie to say, or we could be saying the series takes place before the end of the movie. That's fine too. Um. But it still requires getting rid of this one. I do think that, like, I would watch, a, you know, a, a, a sci-fi thriller about, you know, an ozone shield, even though the science makes no sense mm-hmm. and we'd all be dead and we would have nothing to eat very quickly. But, like, I would watch that about a rebellion and, and, and trying to, you know, overcome technology. And I think that's fine. But, like, I don't have any good suggestions for that <laughs> as to how to fix it. So, yeah, I, I think really deleting it is the way to go and just move right into that series. It's telling that the creators of this movie and this franchise also agree that yeah. you delete it. So. Right, right. That's fair, yeah. yeah. That's they're a good point. also to yes. delete yeah. it. Yeah. They're, they're on our side. Yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't fix it through two future edits. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's a... There's, uh, there's nothing here. Nothing. It's going on a separate disc. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which brings us to rating this mofo. Uh, I rate all of these films we watch on a uh, scale like Storm. So in categories, a one's not so bad and a five is really bad. This is a five. I think this is an absolutely embarrassing. It's That was something that was in my notes that came up a lot was the word embarrassing. Mm. I am embarrassed for people who are in this movie, for the people who wrote this movie, for, for, for Argentina's... In, yeah. in, in insurance people that made for this Europe. thing for Europe who <laughs> demanded a sequel yeah. like this is incredible but I will say yes I think it's a category five it is terrible but I also think that if you're interested in how movies can go wrong mm. it's a fascinating thing like it is a fascinating sequel it's a f- like and it is it, like when you talk about it it seems more entertaining than it is yeah, right, like right. it you- does because every conversation I've had with you guys here today and with Nick previously this week has been more fun because I honestly so much of this movie has just slipped my brain yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like a lot of the bad movies we watch like simmer inside of uh-huh. me. I'm like, I hated this thing. Like this bad thing happened. This bad thing happened. It took me like a lot to recollect like what I had watched <laughs> two days ago. Uh-huh. Like I could not remember hardly anything about this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, uh, so, but I think that it is a very special movie and I'm amazed that it exists. And even though I do think that, yeah, you, in, in terms of the Highlander lore, you just, you know, shove it in a corner. But like, <laughs> maybe watch it last. I mean, I haven't seen the other ones no, yet. No, I totally but, think. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, oh, boy. Wait, be careful. I, I can't careful wait. I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. It's oh, going to be a year long process. No. But um, Longest year of my life. Yep. <laughs> Remember um, the year we watched yes. Highlander. Like, I, I, I'll be talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jimmy. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think it's category five. I think this this exhibits some of the worst things uh, that you can do to fuck up a movie or to fuck up a story. Mm-hmm. I think a, a story is critical because like it's competently shot. 
um, you know, and and like by at least two actors, if not three or four, competently acted too. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's a weird experience. Tobin, how do you rate this thing? I rate things on what I call the Torgo scale. Uh, one of five Torgos, each Torgo being how much is there worth in watching in this movie? Um, and I, for everything that is good or works about this movie, there are multiple things that don't work. <laughs> So you, it just cancels out left and right yeah. all the things that kind of work. I don't disagree. And and so I give this half a Torgo for my friend Randall, Ooh. who's who's in this movie in that one scene. And and that's and that's really it. That you know, if the tagline of the whole thing is there can only be one, I wish there were. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be like the tagline of something could be my friend my is friend, it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There only could only be one and it should have been Randall. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's fair. Nicole. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm going to yeah, be shocked. I'm, I'm sure. You know, this rating thing is always very anticlimactic. My, my feelings are, are clear. I, I, I rate on an enjoyment scale. The one out of five or one to five. Uh, uh, sunglass wearing emojis. It's been a while, so I was like, "What the you heck?" Should have been on the emoji it? movie. Yeah, one. emoji movie. No, hard pass. Uh, I, and you made the right choice. I find I found nothing to enjoy in this movie. There was yeah. There was there was no no enjoyment to be found here. Uh, so yeah, it's a zero 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 zero. Wow. Okay. Matt, I got the uh, also an enjoyment scale, the possessed mushroom puppet scale. Uh, and be only because I don't give zeros, this gets a one out of five <laughs> possessed mushroom puppets. But I realized that I said one to five, then I was like, that's I'm a, it a zero. I'm about to give it a zero. Yeah, I can't no. even commit to it. Like, I also gave Emoji Movie a one out of five, but this is worse than Emoji Movie. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's just... There's nothing redeeming <laughs> yeah. from it, yeah. and I feel like I put this in my notes. Performances that are just like—it's not even that they're like redeeming, right? That's no. the thing. There are a couple of performances that are not as bad as everything <laughs> there else. There you go. Yes. Yes. I don't—I yes. don't yes. hate yes. them the way that I right. hate everything like else. Like watching John C. McGinley in this, I'm like, I would rather watch a different John C. McGinley project right, right, right now. I—I right. yeah. believe that you are capable. Yes. Like there were a couple actors who I believe are definitely competent. Yeah. But I. Oh, still... I'm sorry you got stuck in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah. my note that I wrote down was like, the more bad movies we watch for this podcast, the more I'm realizing how thin the line between good and bad movies is mm. sometimes. Oh, because yes, this one does feel like a catastrophic failure in many ways. Yeah. But I think on a scene by scene basis, there are some moments where I'm like, oh, you almost, you almost mm. had me. Mm. That line, if it was just a little different, would have sold this movie mm-hmm. for me. Or like if that performance would have been just like slightly turned down. And I think a lot of that is both the writer's and director's faults. Yes. Um, in all these movies that I'm using sure. like as examples, but like specifically this one, there were moments where I'm like, this scene reminds me of like a Blade Runner or a something else like in this like genre of film from back then. But it just misses that mark. And it made me start like analyzing the good movies from that same era. Of, mm. Like you have like your Terminators that come out in right, the same right. the same time frame. What do they do differently mm-hmm. that right. this movie missed? Right. Mm-hmm. And I realized like sometimes it is just the small thing. Because like Arnold Schwarzenegger, not a great actor. Mm-hmm. So no, he's not charming. like. Yeah, but he's not like carrying that in like a it, way that I don't yeah. think Christopher Lambert couldn't in some world? Uh, I don't know, man. I might, ar- I no, might I th- argue that with I you. Think, no, I think you're right. I think you're onto something. There's something about um, the the movie. In a lot of cases, the movie hinges on the director's taste. The taste in performance, the yes. taste in moment, the taste in music, the taste yeah. in cuts, all that kind of stuff. And and 
something has to do in the in the movies that work like Terminator with James Cameron's not just his ability and craft but his taste in those moments yeah. and yeah. I think that he, even though he, I talked a little bit of shit about him earlier of course but, but you, <laughs> look Avatar is bad okay yeah. it's not a good the, movie the, the structure that exists around yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger the decisions that are made the structure exactly. that exists exactly. around Christopher Lambert yes. like uh, exactly. yeah. different completely different yeah. but also the taste of the actor themselves that like Schwarzenegger for a long time they're new what how he does. Yeah. knew what right. he did right. and knew how to capitalize on it and and knew what he was good at like there's a great example in Terminator 2 of Cameron uh, there's a moment where uh, Schwarzenegger pulls out on a motorcycle and just tears off and you can't tell but they actually overcranked so it was sped up mm. and or I guess that's undercranked they undercranked um and not that anybody cares, but um, <laughs> I gotcha. But uh, they were on the CB, and he was like, "Arnold, can you bring that bike out any faster?" And Arnold says, "Not with me on it." <laughs> like, like he knows, yeah, like he's yeah. very aware of his capabilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on a pure sort of actor to camera level, he's he is a much more. Uh, charismatic person yes. to look at yeah. than, than Christopher Lambert is who when Ramirez points him out as the future leader of this rebellion <laughs> I go huh? Yeah. Like that you just guy? went yeah. by like three white yeah. snake looking dudes exactly like it's gonna be one uh, him? 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 Yeah. yeah. So anyway <laughs> fucking charisma yeah. vacuum yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. exactly and totally. that's yeah, yeah I do but I do it, it made me start to think about the good films that are similar to the bad films that we watch and yeah. like think about what they do well mm-hmm. in a different mm-hmm. way. So at least this fam- film gave me that. Yeah. It made me think about the better movies that exist. <laughs> this is you trying to like justify that whole one possessed mushroom. <laughs> you have to get it. Yeah. It really your made scale, me think, guys. <laughs> your scale won't let you go any lower. So. No. <laughs> you know, we got a couple uh, comments on Crash Course Film criticism about people who saying, you know, I, you know, I really like to, I like to talk about bad movies, not good ones. And I tried to turn that into a good conversation because I think it's much easier to point out how somebody fucked something up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, yes, it's totally. And sometimes on a great film, it's hard yeah, yeah, yeah. to know yeah, what the alchemy was. Of why did things, this work? Yeah. It shouldn't work like this. This shouldn't work, but it does. Mm-hmm. Most of Lynch's work is that way. If you watch a David Lynch film, like, this shouldn't work, yeah, yeah. but for some reason there is an alchemy there that just... This is true, like, across media criticism, yes. too. Like, yeah. yes, doing, you know, like, whenever, like, books and, and TV mm-hmm. shows, all, all of this stuff, it is so much easier. Like, when something is broken, to be like, yeah, like, this, <laughs> yeah, there this, there's the crack. I yeah. see it. Right, I see, right, right, I see right. the crack. And, like, I, let's talk about it and, like, how would you, how could you repair that, whatever, whatever, in a way that, yes, like, when it works, I don't know, it just fucking works. Yeah. Like, even logo design. <laughs> like, you can tell a bad logo. Logo yeah. versus a good logo, you're like, God, how did you mm-hmm. do that? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh-huh. I think a lot of it, and like, this is a long, like, this is a whole other podcast. Oh yeah, sure. But like, I think a lot of it is the voice and the thought behind that voice. And I think you have this with, with like Kubrick, Kubrick movies, which like don't fall in neatly to a lot of genres. And like on paper, the fact that studios invest money in them is <laughs> crazy. And like, well. Like, Let's also realize he was working at a time when studios did that. Yes, but like I think that it, but it is that thing of like if looking at films now of like why is that good? Mm-hmm. Why oh, yeah. is why is a Kubrick movie good? Mm-hmm. What makes it good? Yeah, and just like if you just like I I admired in the episode of Crash Course Film about two thousand one that like you guys when you talk about the plot it is kind of like said with a little bit of a chuckle of like there's it's it sounds. 
It sounds crazy. We uh-huh, know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it is a great movie. Trust <laughs> us. Yeah. And that's kind of like at some point you, you, you just have to you just it's, it's good. Like, the the thing that we wind up saying in like literally every Snark Squad Pod episode is like, uh, and this is either to its credit or not, but is whether or not it is a thing is thoughtful. Like yeah. that's like, do I feel Indeed. like the creator right. of the thing is making thoughtful choices? Right. Like good choices, bad choices, I don't know, but like you fucking thought about it. Yeah. In this case, you didn't. Like right they now. did. It. Right. Like just right. at every turn, I'm just like, you didn't. Like you just. <laughs> threw some shit out there into the world yep, and yep. now I have to consume it and like I like it makes I, I am like insulted by your lack of concern for my time <laughs> well, like, also, you, know? you two hours <laughs> right? of my life right? like and you just you didn't care you just did not care what you were doing no yeah. I, I think that's yeah. totally I, I I agree let's move on though because some of us need to go to bed. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's yeah. have, so early in the day, I Nick. have to move tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, That's fair. Uh, what we want to do now is uh, recommend some movies for you to watch, or some TV shows, because Nicole's here. Um, <laughs> that, true. Uh, that maybe will take the taste of this horrible thing out of your mouth. I hope so. Uh, and it is called Real Good Tobin. What is your real good for today? My real good is a real tangential relationship to this movie because I think you should watch something completely different. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but it is... Harold and Maude. <laughs> so, my, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> right. So, my sister and I have a podcast called The Contenders about uh, movies directed by and or starring um, fearless women. And in a, in, a, in a sort of moment of the stars aligning, the day after this podcast comes out, our next episode comes out, uh, with a movie that also has this friend of mine, Randall, from my film in it. So Randall. So I'm going to log roll yeah. and, and sort of uh, put it in with this. So um, uh, watch the movie Hidden Figures. Uh, he is credited as Russian scientist in Hidden Figures. I've seen that movie twice and I didn't see that he was in it either time. Sorry, Randall. I'm sorry. Um, uh, but uh, but it's, a, it's a wonderful movie and um, our um, my sister and I, our dad is on the podcast. He's our guest. Oh, great. Aww, He's a math science guy guy and uh was alive at the time <laughs> so uh it's a fun fun thing so yeah watch watch for randall if you can find him as the russian scientist in <laughs> excellent That's matt great. what is your real good uh my real good is based on one of the few things i liked about this movie which was the production design and i text nick in the middle of this movie to ask him it had they just borrowed the sets from this other movie that i enjoy <laughs> a lot uh because the, it just looks the same uh, and that would be the 1989 Batman, mm. uh, Tim Burton's uh, first Batman movie. The Gotham in that movie yeah, just looks yeah. exactly like this weird dystopian future they've built up. <laughs> and I liked it a lot more when Batman and the Joker were dancing around in it, not Connor McCloud. Here, here. So go yeah. watch 89 Batman. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Nicole. I'm fascinated. (laughs) This is going to be a bit of a cheat because I'm going to recommend something that I haven't actually seen, but Mm. it is how I am personally going to get the taste of this out of my mouth. Like Mm. I'm going to go home and what I am going to watch because it was just released today and I haven't had a chance yet, but it is a sci-fi dystopia. Janelle Monae's (laughs) motion picture that accompanies... Uh, awesome. Dirty computer. Awesome. So uh, it's free on YouTube. It's like 50 minutes long. And I am so confident yes. that it would be better than this. Yep. That yep. I am prepared to offer this recommendation. Just based on the music videos she's put out already for yes, this album. Correct. Yes. yes. I, have, I have so much faith. I uh, could just watch Make Me Feel on a loop. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. listen to it on a loop forever. Man, I, I feel I like I should have like also had a Janelle idea. Monae recommendation because she's in Hidden oh, Figures. Right. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. mine's she's not so going to have it. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, yeah. yeah. So, excellent. Good um, call. I had a few. I just, I'm going to reiterate, go see Infinity War. It's <laughs> really good. There were so many points that throughout this podcast where you guys would say something and I was like, it's like oh, this. Oh, oh, Infinity In the, War. Yeah. And I was like, I can't No, do there that. was a moment too with me where I was just like, oh, oh. Yeah. No, don't, nope. don't, don't, don't say that. Nope. Sorry. Not I'm only usually for the not a sake, big, but. I'm not a usually, usually big about like, no, keep it secret, keep it secret. But there are some legitimately good surprises hmm. in this movie that I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. Like there's at least one giant one that when it happens, I was I yelled in the theater. I went, oh! So see now I have to ask you later which yes. one that is because I feel like there's so many more than just one. So yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so we'll go talk see about Infinity that. War. Yeah, yeah, go see Infinity War. Me and Nick are um, just gonna stay here for another hour yeah, yeah. and record a separate podcast. I think that like I usually am much lighter on sci-fi movies. Like I, I appreciate it when people make a sci-fi movie and they fuck it up. It's like you know you're trying. Uh-huh. I don't, and I feel like this is the thing. Like the thoughtfulness. There wasn't. There was. It was just like, well, how do we make it work? Uh, How about aliens? Okay, we're going to do aliens (laughs) then. Um, I think, you know, go watch a better sequel, which is Blade Runner 2049 Mm. is a really good sequel with this amazing production design and everything. But also, I think if you want to see what I think is the one of the best, if not the best sequels ever made, which came out the same year (laughs) as this movie is Terminator 2. Terminator 2 is an incredible sequel when you compare it to it's also a thing of like how do you make a sequel from right, right. you know and the ideas in Terminator 2 are not all that staggering like they just well we're just going to basically do the film again. <laughs> um, the thing is like Highlander 2 and Terminator 2 is like how do we make a sequel? I don't know, let's fuck with time. Yeah. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And like one did it well and, and one, one did it did one, badly. Yeah. one was thoughtful. And one was <laughs> thoughtful. And like yeah. that's the thing that I try to tell people. Like um Terminator Two comes off, I think, to a lot of people is like, oh, it's an action movie. But it is an extraordinarily thoughtful action movie. And so I, I highly recommend it. It is a movie that is about something. Um and I think all the best sci-fi is about something and, and Terminator two is about something and it's wonderful. And Linda Hamilton's wonderful and Edward Furlong's wonderful. And James Cameron was like really at the top of his game for that film. So, uh, yeah. So those are, those are our picks, everybody. Those are both sequels that I enjoy better than the original movie, actually. I'm stuck with Terminator. I, I can't pick. Yeah. I, I, I love, can't choose a favorite child. I can't. And those two, like, if either of them are on a, t- a television, I will stop and watch uh-huh. and I will enjoy them. I think I'm probably a little bit more nostalgic about the first Terminator. Um, but whatever. That's fair. Yeah. So, but I can't pick. Um, pick. We won't make you. And I we won't make you. Nick. Really you don't, don't like to. the first Blade Runner. Oh, shit. So, helps. yeah. So, Blade Same. Runner 2049, I'm like, yeah, this is my jam. Yeah. So, um, okay, thank you guys for potting with me, Tobin. You've already plugged your show once. I'll do but, it again. Uh, where can people find you <laughs> and it? Find me on uh, Twitter at Tobin Addington, and uh, you can find the Contenders wherever you get your podcasts, and on Twitter at Contenders underscore Pod. Sweet, Nicole. You also have a podcast. I do, uh, Snark Squad Pod. You can find probably wherever you're listening to this podcast uh, or SnarkSquad.com. You can find me on Twitter at Sweeney Says. Excellent. Matt. 
I don't have a podcast besides this one. So listen to this yeah. one. <laughs> Eventually we'll keep, all have Keep podcasts. being subscribed to this <laughs> yeah, one. Keep, keep listening to the podcast you're currently listening to. Um, and then, yeah, you can just tweet me at Matthew Gatos. Sweet. Um, I'm at NG Jenkins on Twitter, which if you just want to see some Corey pictures or listen to me complain about moving. Then <laughs> my last my last week of not having carpet. <laughs> or Ooh, no, having carpet, but it had cats. cat piss all yeah, over it. Yeah. So it's been fun. Um, and uh, if you want to follow Real Bad on Twitter, it's at Real Bad Pod. Um, we're going to post some pictures of the Highlander Um Posters. The Highlander post. Thank you. I'm running out of steam, guys. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. At the end, yeah. power through the finish line. <laughs> it's right there. Um, I can see it. Almost there. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, please subscribe, rate us uh, on iTunes as well, which would be very helpful to us. Real Bad is a part of the Cage Club network, and you can go to cageclub.me to check out some of our friends, like the Contenders, um, on there, and uh, Winona Forever, which is the one that I'm enjoying the most right now. Yeah. I'm just having a good time That's with good. that one. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, head over there and check out some of those podcasts. And uh, just if you like nostalgia and you like movies, especially from the '80s and '90s, that's the place to go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you guys again for sitting through this <laughs> awful movie. And I want to—I I can't wait till we watch the next three. I can. <laughs> I, I can. I can. I know. Yeah. We're gonna give you space. Yeah, We're two fifths yeah. of the way through this uh-huh. journey. We're gonna give you space. Uh-huh. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So, Nicole, we're not even half done. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I don't even know if this is the worst one. Oh, oh no, Nick. Nick. I don't know. Nick. I am kind of excited, I have to say. Like, <laughs> where, where the tell hell it's going to go from here, you know? I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get there when we get Thanks for listening. Hope is dead. <laughs> and until hope returns, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.